Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we entice with our fragrance but can provide no succor as we discuss our greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> I uh, tried my best Blanche accent there, but I will I will never beat Barrett. <laughs> so good we named it. It's the king. Um, anyway, today we're tackling the 135th episode in the series, Zborn Again. Ah, yes, Zvon again, which is a great little punny title. I like it so much. <laughs> this is great. This kicks off. Well, it doesn't really kick off. I guess the kickoff of this particular multi-episode arc of Stan and Dorothy was kicked off when he became a, a millionaire from a baked potato opener, <laughs> sort of, where she had- It can't be know. done. <laughs> it can be done. She stroked his face weird. We talked about it. It was great. So he's, you know, he's given her the feels. And uh, it's kind of interesting that this sort of picks up in the middle of things, right? Like, because it's it's just really fascinating. So it's it's funny because, like, the, <clears throat> the episode feels like things have been going on for a while but this actually does build up until like you know we obviously see what happens in the future over multi-episodes um and it also has like some really really great lines um very very funny points but i do want to bring up that <laughs> this episode does have something that is unique that we've uh we've actually like on enough wicker as you well know and dedicated listeners know we've never used like an audio clip of the show or music or anything obviously probably primarily for copyright reasons <laughs> <laughs> sorry nbc but uh but um <laughs> but also just because that's not really our style right but um i want i want to you know i think we should deliver something special to our listeners for this particular lovely episode the 135th episode of the golden girls um for as a special treat because this is one of the best lines of all time what do you think so it is. I agree. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds great. Have a listen. It better be because I won't allow it. Not while you're living in my house. Sophia, this is my house. It is? <laughs> oh, right. Then let me give you two words of advice. Enough wicker. <laughs> it's an iconic line. Come on. <laughs> Okay, so it's iconic, but we're obviously tooting our own horn, but it was so exciting when it came up. I obviously like flagged it, you know, uh, multiple lines in advance and I got very giddy. I think I squealed aloud when I was rewatching. <laughs> it is great. And I, um, I, I think, you know, eventually maybe we'll talk about the other names we considered for this podcast, but, yes. um, it's just the delivery of it. I think any fan, when they read Enough Wicker, probably reads it <laughs> like that. Exactly. Uh, right? And, like, <laughs> to take these two words and, and like, you know, the style of the show, it encapsulates the furnishing of the living room and the set dressing of their Miami house. You know, like, it's so such an illustrative term for golden girls fans yeah. um and yes of course i am biased at this point um but i <laughs> i love it it's just i'm at so yeah now <laughs> uh six seasons in um but yeah i mean it's i so emblematic. i it's exactly and like i also was very excited to to get to it and hear it organically it's really here <laughs> yeah. it's really here it was so great but you're right, like, I think, and this goes back to part of the reason why we chose this name anyway, too, because it 
you know, similar to out on the lanai, right? Like that name is perfect because it like it immediately captures that sort of Floridian environment. And we talk about this all the time of like people get um, Golden Girls tattoos, and I'm definitely in the market for one, I think. Um, but I, <laughs> it's like the go-to is sort of the palm leaf motif, right? Right. <laughs> like or like in our case, especially for our logo, like the palm leaf motif on a wicker chair. Um, so it's just really, it's really funny to like, think about how that's, it, it doesn't really matter except for an environment of like traditionally a larger population of older people for the show. Um, but there's not a lot that it really like, it doesn't necessitate any, like the way that the show is shaped around it, I guess, is not just about like Florida beach parties, <laughs> like relaxing on wicker chairs and things. It's just kind of funny to think about. Um, but it is so inseparable from the brand of the Golden Girls. So yeah, and the banana leaves, like you know, the banana leaves are from the the uh, Beverly Hills Hotel. So yes, exactly. it is also really wild because that's not the first place I go when I see a banana leaf wallpaper. Obviously, and I, right. you know, not that they like co opted it, but um, it just again I think is another sort of testament to what a brand the golden girls is and how oh, wide yeah. reaching it is and how um pretty in a class of its own it is for a show that old that has so many visuals that aren't just like the characters right like there's so many other pieces like the wicker and like the you know like the vibe of it is captured in you know merchandise and and conversation and and on social like it's really I think it's really unique and I think it's really cool and I just I'm so happy that we <laughs> we suspended our no audio rule to <laughs> to allow for that yeah, yeah because... exactly and never again <laughs> and you all were waiting for it and now it's over moving on <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> yeah. anyway um aside from this being you know the enough wicker episode um I do really like it I think it's great I think it's it's a it's kind of going back to the Dorothy and Stan relationship of like sort of restarting something I think it's very like filled with real feelings of like where she's caught and she actually says like that she's like mad at herself you know for like sleeping with her ex and like the the push-pull of someone who's familiar right to you but has also hurt you again but good sex right like there's there's so much here that's like complex emotion I think about getting back with somebody especially when you know purportedly that someone has changed quite a bit in terms of their personality and the things that you didn't like about them previously yeah yeah totally it's um the internal conflict of Dorothy and Stan I feel like we see it from the very beginning um but she's more like uh I'm thinking of um the second episode when he comes to the wedding and Dorothy's mad at herself for letting her him sort of treat her that way in the marriage, you know, and then she yeah. has that really powerful sort of um, you know, like when they're reconciled or yeah, she's speech. confronting him basically. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see now the flip side of that because she's she's enjoying her time with him for sure, but she's conflicted about it because she I guess like the upper hand feels like it's really switched. Like yes. Dorothy definitely is into him, but it definitely seems like she's controlling at least um, more of the relationship than she was when they were married. Um, so the power dynamics have shifted. Um, 
and like her feelings about herself have shifted because she's mad at him because she internally probably knows that she's actually too good for him on some level or that like you know she's not over all of the things that he did but she can't help but be connected to him so I think that's also interesting to consider like the evolution from the first time we meet him and what we know about the relationship to what this is now um so yeah I mean there's some definitely some complexity there but to be honest like I just think this episode is so funny like that is my big (laughs) I have so many lines from the very beginning with the chocolates like Sophia biting them is so funny that whole gag she just I know the way she just like throws them all back and like throws her hands up like (laughs) I don't like coconut (laughs) um but the poem is like I hope you enjoy this candy it cost me 42 I think that is such such good writing and such an intimate knowledge of Stan and like oh my god it makes me laugh every time (laughs) it's so good (laughs) and it's just like oh yeah it's just like her dry delivery when she reads it and she's just like you know I'm betting Stan wrote this himself (laughs) where it's funny because she's still she toes the line like with that line too of like contempt for him right or this like automatic response of the last few years of her just like knee jerking being like what a yutz right but yet at the same time there's this attraction and it's it's great it's it's really perfect (laughs) (laughs) i uh i do enjoy sophia's descent of like the memory again right where she's just like boy you forget something new every day don't you and then later like (laughs) dorothy's like she's lost it (laughs) (laughs) like we have to keep that peppered throughout right Oh my yeah. gosh, but um what was I gonna say? The um <laughs> he references the last episode, but I love where she's going on her like coming on to you like gangbusters. I never like gangbusters, never like ghostbusters. They couldn't get the black guy one funny line. <laughs> Dorothy, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> my uh my first note for this episode is here we go off the rails. Cause like it's it. just yeah. so wacky. Absolutely. Um Absolutely. I but you know like okay so the the candy scene opens up right and then the I feel like one of the writers must have been studying for like a graduate degree in psychology or something because in the last episode they talk so much about Freud and like Blanche is like an armchair psychologist and then in this one Rose (laughs) yeah Rose does all these things which is such a good gag like the cognitive dissonance between her actual and her ideal self which I mean I you know it not that like I'm somebody who's educated in psychology in specific, but I have had a class or two. And that is, I feel like now that I have context for that, I'm like, yeah, that's, to- that is exactly what I would say is wrong with that. <laughs> Abby too, Rose, good for you. <laughs> I love how you would agree with uh, Rose's assessment. It's I do. I'm constantly psychoanalyzing people. It's a huge character flaw. <laughs> obviously the punch of that entire episode i mean the, the that entire conversation is rose muttering hypersexual bitch when she <laughs> and exit like oh my god and i that's it's just such a great line that's a perfect line that you would say if like somebody is telling a sexual story and you would say it and like no one would understand what the hell you were talking about um because, <laughs> that's on them yeah exactly on them exactly but i love that she says it as she pushes the door open it's brilliant but right before that where she's like my uncle was the editor of the journal yeah 
<laughs> Sophia in a perfect slow delivery as well as a delivery with her accent. And what were you, the centerfold? <laughs> so great. Can't beat it. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Also, I gotta say in, in that scene just before, but also later in the um episode, the whole like ignoring Rose. She's like, Do you know what it's like to be totally ignored? So how was your day, Rose? And then later she's like, It's so great. I have friends who pay attention to me, special friends, friends like you. It's like, where's she going? I don't think she said, Where's she yeah. going? <laughs> like, it's funny because those those little jibes at Rose are like they're they don't really fit in with the character that much, right? Because like Rose is somebody like, yeah, I guess it kind of works with the whole like St. Olaf story where you just sort of like she just talks in the background, right? Um, <laughs> the trick the trick is that they actually are all listening to every single St. Olaf story she said, right? They're actually all very engaged when Rose is speaking. Um, so for me, it doesn't like these later season gags, right? That are just sort of funny to be funny, but they're not necessarily matching with like the characters traits per se and we've talked about this before of like sort of exaggerating these different parts but either way i mean that gag is so fucking funny yeah it's like i, I agree <laughs> yeah and i bet if you lived with somebody like rose who just went on and on about something like you might build up a tall like you might develop uh a skill in tuning them out <laughs> i, oh, I could see that being you know perfect. like an evolution yeah. What a perfect transition to the next thing I was going to say in terms of Rose developing an automatic response for Blanche when she's like talking about how she's like the most gorgeous woman and wants all this feedback. And she's like, oh, you're not just saying that. And she goes, no, I'm just repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like the other episode where it's like no woman in the history of ever is like ever looked as good as you do now. No one ever will. You know, and it's like, it's so funny because that is they're like everyone else's automatic response to Blanche, right? She always needs the feedback, however fucking shallow. Yeah. <laughs> or that well, the feedback is. Totally. And I think that's a good transition because so everybody's going to Blanche for advice, which I think is interesting. I actually think in both of these instances, mostly the Dorothy one, I love Dorothy and Blanche, I think have their friendship scenes really. And I think this comes up a lot of times is like, Dorothy does trust Blanche with intimate, particularly like romantic dilemmas, um, even though she's like not critical of Blanche, but they they operate in different ways, obviously, when it comes to dating. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's sort of like the person she would go to for that type of advice when she's, you know, obviously the um, fatal blossom conversation but before that Rose goes to Blanche because she's having trouble with somebody who's a lot younger than she is and yeah. in both instances it's just so like a the Dev Rose disease is to assume it's about her um and you know she's like Blanche initially thinks Rose is talking about her and then she totally. initially thinks Dorothy's talking about her it's just like so good um but when Rose comes to the conclusion and she's like I'm gonna get something off my foot <laughs> it's Careful so of funny the <laughs> yeah she's so innocent it's always it's funny because like to your point going to Blanche from a Dorothy perspective Oh, excuse me. Wow, what a day. Um, <laughs> it makes sense because of just the the nature of her inquiry. But 
I, I really do think it's just to have the gag where Blanche thinks it's about her <laughs> and to deliver the incredible line <laughs> like the fatal blossom of the graceful Jimson weed. I entice with my fragrance but can provide no suckle. Yeah, and she I gets just, up I so know. dramatically. <laughs> oh my god, I know. It's like, Blanche, what are you doing? I just, but the funniest thing is like, I love Blanche's delivery, but as always, I love Dorothy's line later. Not you, fatal blossom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in a similar fashion later with Sophia, you know, where she's like, no offense, pussycat. Just like, none taken, you cankerous little prune. <laughs> oh, it's so good. What writing? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I think like Dorothy obviously can't go to Sophia with this because she's keeping it from her and she can't go to Rose because I think Rose, similarly, I, a little bit, I think to Glenn O'Brien, like Rose feels like to me, which is maybe not true because sometimes she's a little unpredictable, but I think she would be like, what are you doing? Like, he's terrible. Why are you dating this guy? Oh, and Blanche, I think, will allow for a little bit of like the sexual attraction being the reason, you yeah, know, like the true. only reason yeah. really. So I think it, it, I see where it's coming from. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like Dorothy, this is such a good, um, like it's such a familiar story. Like you were saying at the beginning of like, if you like someone, your brain like short circuits with every logical thought. Like you yeah, cannot, so you know, you shouldn't, you know, but it doesn't really matter. And you would never accept this behavior from your friend, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's just such yep. a evolutionary flaw. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but yeah, she, I mean, it's, it's really fun that I think I just like that they talk about it, you know, that she has, it doesn't just feel out of the blue for sort of longtime watchers who have seen Dorothy come on this journey. Because I feel like, you know, I mean, we've talked about how like Stan has the lovable edge, you know, like thanks in large part to, you know, Herb Edelman uh, portraying him. But I think it's also like it, there is a danger at this stage in a series of bringing like back a relationship, right? Like, it's the opposite of will they or won't they? You're like, no, they're exes. That's the whole plan. Like, he is a dick. He hurt her. Why Why are they doing this? But it, I don't I don't think fans feel that way. I think they present it in a way that actually feels pretty organic. And I'm kind of like, to your point, brain's short-circuiting. You're like, yeah, I can see how Dorothy gets in this situation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't anger. Not, not that there were, you know, I mean, it's like, what are you, you're writing fanzines and letters back and forth at this point in terms of talking about a television show when it's on the air, but it's not like reactions on Twitter or uh, Reddit threads or something like that. But, <laughs> but still, I think it's like, you know, it's interesting that there are shows that sort of like ruin things by being like, no, that's not what we want as fans. Yeah. So, so it's kind of interesting that it's, it works for them. Yeah. And I do wonder what the general feeling was because yeah. I think, I bet there was a fair amount of people who were wanting Dorothy and Stan to get back together. Yeah, um, probably Kate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that little girl. <laughs> Kate and Michael. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, they are only in their 20s. <laughs> yeah, exactly uh well speaking as a child of divorce i can confidently say sometimes it is the best option yes. <laughs> to stay apart anyway <laughs> <just> say. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, also, they have such great chemistry. Like, it's totally. so they have such great chemistry when they're fighting. They have such great chemistry when they're together. It's just like such a it's such a great casting. Um, and I think it's also easier for me to I don't root for them to be together, but it's easier for me to get behind when when the power dynamics are that such that Dorothy seems to be more in control. Um, obviously I think that's better. And I think also she has this, like, it's pretty glazed over, but the confession when she's like, Stanley's born act made me weak in the knees. And you think I'm proud of that. It's like, you know, that's pretty self-referential to be like, I don't know why I like this loser, but I do. Totally. Not interesting. I think it's really, they do such a good job. (laughs) They really do such a good job. Really do. Oh my gosh. Um so <laughs> they have the whole car thing, you know. I love the line where um <laughs> Sophia's like, Don't forget the accident you had in that car. <laughs> it's really it's it's such Funny. a good little twist. Still calls me grandma. Um but uh the where <laughs> when they come when she comes back, right? Where you know, she's like they're talking about like she sneaks in, she's like the car ran out of gas and you know it's funny like Blanche's they're both kind of in terms of like what, what I was just saying about fans being like reacting be like what we just went through all of these years and like therapy sessions over cheesecake talking about this yachts and you're sleeping with it like what's the deal and I just love that like Blanche is like damn it <laughs> Dorothy if you'd had sex in public more often this wouldn't happen <laughs> <laughs> and the, the whole like she slept with him she looks like she was pushing his car i mean yeah every oh my god discombobulated is just really great um and and Ro- blanche is like uh two more dates and it's over you know just to make sure if you had bad <laughs> sex <laughs> and it's also fun to realize that the best uh excuse me oh my god i'm so yawny today goodness gracious um best sex of uh of rose's whole life was charlie's death <laughs> which of course like i feel like is only like the only reason that that like point plot point comes up is for the incredible line i'm going i'm going and talk about your mixed emotions like that's always like one of the most creative ways to say something very sexual outside of the censorship like <laughs> i can't believe that got by <laughs> it's it's incredible it's just such a good line i'd like to think that the censors like knew it and they were like yeah but it's pretty funny yeah you got it come on points for creativity like, come on. yeah exactly <laughs> it's incredible so yeah anyway, i really i love this whole the whole sex conversation that leads in it's very natural right like the writing here where they're they're going through best sex ever <laughs> like anything over a nine over a nine <laughs> points rose points but like the way that they naturally like lead from okay Dorothy had sex with Sam and then they just like morph into like how good the sex is and like oh good sex and then Sophia comes in she's sharing these things and she goes wait a minute what are we doing you know like why are we all sharing this how did this start I think that's such a natural thing for just people to say right people who walk into any room like randomly um and like pick up in a conversation and be like wait how'd you guys get talking about that right it's really I just love how it happens because then it's like you know then the the shock and awe comes out yeah <laughs> and Dorothy trying to up to enough wicker <laughs> yeah and Dorothy trying to shut it down by being like and now we're tired of telling them so we're going to bed because like exactly oh so perfect yeah so good I feel like that also is such a subtle like not so subtle but a cover-up um yeah 
And I think, but it could work, so, you know, if it could totally work. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think also this thread of Sophia wanting to make sure that Dorothy breaks up with him, like making her rehearse yeah. and no one wants to play Dorothy oh God, and like yeah, that whole bit, um, you know, I think, which comes up in the monkey show, like working through all of his stands problems and stuff like yes. Sophia is not over what happened. If Dorothy is, that's oh, yeah. whatever it is. But, and I think that also is a really interesting storyline because Sophia kind of jabs Stan and you do get the sense that there's like, it's pretty lighthearted, but I think at this point, her real feelings for him are pretty staunchly negative. Like, I don't think she's got the soft spot, even, you know, that, that we have as the audience. So, um, I think that's also, you know, that kind of comes out at the, at the, at during that scene. Totally. Um, I think it's really interesting to see where, like, how I don't like Sophia handles it poorly (laughs) you know as she traditionally does in a lot of ways because she does this whole insult to Dorothy thing right where she's like are you this pathetic have you lost all your pride and then Dorothy has the great like no keep I keep it up I'm getting there yeah Um, which is a perfect snarky response because again great writing great performance because like Sophia is just leaning into her in this really just rough way without actually like asking her what her feelings are she's just like no your feelings don't count like this is not an option right um and Dorothy already feels awful like she already is like wrestling with this right so like the proper thing to do would be like Sophia's not happy but like figure out Dorothy's own complicated uh feelings which of course she's telling to to Rose and Blanche just earlier so but yeah i mean i think it's that's such a great point about how sophia's like this is not okay yeah yeah and it's interesting that sophia's sort of um uncensored nature in her delivery because i think that's what it is i think she's really mad and she doesn't have the way to express what she's mad about so she just is mean to dorothy but that also is useful in rose's predicament so um (laughs) two sides of the same coin (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh God, it's great. Clear the air. Don't look at me. I haven't had a raw vegetable. In six <laughs> <months>. <laughs> oh, I do love how like Rose's storyline is like very quick, like swept under the rug. Like it's, I actually remembered it as mo- much more of a storyline than it was. You know, there's obviously there's so much to cram in with the A story that like the B story is just like very quick. Blah blah. blah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah it wraps up so quickly like she's upset because abby's whatever and then they go and it's like a two-minute scene that it's wrapped up exactly (laughs) it's It's totally done um but as as far as that i do love the uh you know why don't you tell her stain olaf story give her a shot (laughs) she gets right off the phone yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect um well i i i really love this one i think again funny lines like a really good a really well like a well-handled storyline of something that's very complex from like characters that we know very well but also like what we're doing with these characters in terms of sort of getting them back together um and a lot of obviously resentment and other things that are building up that we'll see uh in future episodes with the same arc yeah and I think the ending is really funny too because like they don't wrap it up like it seems to be continuing and I think also especially because in the next episode like the next episode isn't about it so I also imagine the audience who's watching in real time you know just kind of like 
assuming this is going on behind the scenes, which is how they kind of do it. Like they always pick it up in different spots of the affair, which I think is kind of cool and kind of different from a lot of like, it's a real, I think you have to have a real trust in the audience because you have to just like, you have to assume that they are filling in the context, um, which at this point, I think the audience is prepared to do with Dorothy and Stan, which is a real, another sort of nod to how devoted the fans were then when it was airing exactly exactly um one one line that we forgot to say that i'd like to call attention to is the what say we get out the ouija board and scare up our husbands and, and also the like the throwback uh or yeah the you already said that there. exactly <laughs> so great but i love it because there are only a handful of times in the series where dorothy is absent somewhere and the three widows get to actually talk about being widows right like it's just a throwaway line but like that is what unifies them and i really like that they threw that in there yeah yeah it's totally it's really fun um i there was one other thing i wanted to bring up oh macaroni and cheese every wednesday (laughs) yeah (laughs) great advice (laughs) exactly she's lost it Oh man, I fucking love this show. It's anyway, so good. Um... It's so good. <laughs> you got anything else? No, I I also I guess actually just to go back to the sex conversation that we went like um yeah. that we talked pretty in depth about like that feels pretty sex in the city to me actually like the yeah. whole context of it and almost how like you know it feels sex in the city for network TV in the early nineties like that's equivalent I think so. Exactly. um it's pretty progressive you've to have that conversation on tv yeah you've yeah i'm sure you've first. never heard that comparison before <laughs> <laughs> well i i feel like a lot of people compare it the other way around it would be like oh my god golden girls are doing like sex in the city stuff and you're like get your facts straight <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> come on check the timestamp, sweetie <laughs> <laughs> oh man Well, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up. So join us next time. We're going to discuss John Forsyth lying naked in a pool of honey. (laughs) Is it getting warm in here? (laughs) Take care, everyone.